How about we stand and we'll read John chapter number one and uh, verse number one. And we'll read through verse number uh, 18 here this evening. And uh, John in his gospel <clears throat> explained why he wrote. He, he explained that at the very end. And he said that he had written these things that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then listen to this, and that believing you might have life through his name. So that he explained why he wrote his gospel. And uh, so his gospel is different than the other, other three, not in terms of uh, its content, although a different approach. We're going to look at that here now in verse number one, John 1. And verse number one says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. A powerful verse. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all men, notice this, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteneth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came into his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, if you know the birth order, actually John was born before Jesus was, but John said he was before me. How's that? Well, he always has been. Jesus says. Look at verse 16. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. He hath declared him. The word was made flesh. I sure appreciated brother Sam Benswanger too, didn't you? Reading all that. He worked so hard on that and got it down. Brother Sam, I don't know where you are now, but brother, you did it. You did it very well. 
and but brought out the, the story of our redemption. And maybe there's someone here that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ is your Savior. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer and ask God to help that we might make clear what it means to be saved. And if you are saved, I believe you'll find reason to rejoice in the fact that you are and the fact that He came and was made flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Father, I want to thank you once again for the fact of the incarnation. And I want to pray that you would please be honored and glorified in this message, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It said that long ago there ruled in Persia a wise and good king. He loved his people. He wanted them to know he wanted to know how they lived. And so he uh, wanted to know about their hardships. So it said that often he dressed in their clothes as a working man or maybe even as a beggar and went to the homes of the poor. Here was a king going to the homes of the poor and no one whom he visited knew that he was their ruler. One time uh, the story goes that he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar he ate the coarse food that this poor man ate. He spoke cheerful, kind words to him. Then he left. Later, he visited that poor man again and disclosed his identity to him, saying, I am your king. The king thought the man would surely ask some gift or some favor, but he didn't. Instead, he said this, you left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark and dreary place. You ate the coarse food that I ate. You brought gladness to my heart. To others you have given your, your rich gifts. To me, you have given yourself. Listen, friend, uh, tonight, we're not just talking about an earthly king that went to visit people that lived in his realm. We're talking about the creator of heaven and earth who became flesh and dwelt among us. It, it hit me during the, uh, during the cantata as, as uh, the choir was singing and, and uh, the narration was taking place. At, that, at the moment, can you imagine, I mean, how, how excited, you know, we all are, you know, as your parents or maybe your, your grandparents. And, and I, you know, recall, of course, just almost like it's yesterday, even though it's almost been 21 years ago when, when our first uh, son was born and, and the excitement, you know, that came at that moment and the nervousness and and, uh, you know, I nearly passed out. I mean, anyways, it was, it was a great, it was a great day, you know, and just, I mean, just, uh, really the excitement, you know, this, this is our son. And it's, it was the same way every, every time, you know, with the, the birth of the, the boys and such, but, but to think here for just a moment, folks, to think that there in, in that lowly, you know, manger scene that we see often depicted, but just take in just a moment that at that moment born to a virgin, named Mary, God made flesh, became flesh, and, and it's there that, that God entered human history. It's an astounding thought that God became flesh. John, John begins his gospel different than any other of the gospel writers. You know, Matthew begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ, begins with his birth. Luke does much the same, and I look forward to preaching that because it does, it shows his humanity. By the way, Jesus is 100% God, and he's also 100% man. 
That's what the Bible is getting across to us, that he, he had a birth just like you and I had a birth, but, but his birth was different than any of our birth because his was a virgin birth. And so the Gospels begin, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, they, they begin in those things. Now Mark, Mark just comes right out and says, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, the Son of God. And, and then John, the next thing you know, John's preaching. I mean, Mark, Mark's Gospel moves fast. In fact, the word straightway shows up 80 times in the New Testament. 40 times it shows up in the book of Mark because he's moving. It's, 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 it's on the move and he's showing all that Jesus did. But Matthew and Luke both take time to show uh, how that he entered into human history and the scene with the, the shepherds and all that was going on there. But John does something different. John goes to eternity past and he says this in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. You know, that's, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, John says in the beginning, God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That one verse right there, uh, in a very succinct way, sums up everything about the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. In other words, it's saying this, He existed prior to His birth. He existed in eternity past because He was God. Verse number 14, if you look down at it, the Word was made flesh. So it's clear, it's clear that verse 1 is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is everybody, are we all following along here? The word there is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Why would he say the word? Well, we use words. I'm using words right now. And every now and then they come together nicely for the preacher. I'm always thrilled when that happens, you know, but sometimes they don't. But words are used to convey a message. Words are used to explain things. Uh, you use words every day, don't you? As you're at work and as you're uh, in your marriage relationships and family relationships and friendships. I mean, we text words, we call and use words. Well, here's, here's why he said in the beginning was the word. It's God expressed. It is, it is God. It, listen, it's not just a prophet. Hang on, wait just a minute. Jesus was not just a good man. Jesus was not just a prophet. Jesus was God in the flesh coming to show us who God truly was. I could tell you about him. Other prophets could tell you about him. Other preachers could tell you about him. But what if God himself showed up on the scene? Then you know who he was. See? So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Now, in that part of the verse, it's showing us the Trinity. It's showing us that, that the Father is God, the Son is God, and we would also gather from the rest of Scripture that the Holy Spirit is God, and yet, watch this, they are distinct in persons. You say, preacher, could you explain all that to me? Not tonight. <laughs> no, but I mean, to wrap our brains around that, but aren't you thankful tonight that, that we can explain God? Because if we could explain God, we would have made him up. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He's deity. The Word was God. Okay? And then look at verse number two, if you would. He, as he says, uh, the same was in the beginning with God. And what, watch verse three. All things were made by him. Hey, I want to tell you something. He made you. I want to tell you something else. He wasn't made. It's not like the father made the son and then the son made everything else. No, the Bible says all things were made by him. He, he is the creator. Do you understand that? Mercy, what a blessing. He's the creator and yet he entered his creation. 
All things were made by him. He's before him, be all, before all things. And by him, the book in, in Colossians says, by him all things consist. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm telling you tonight, you are not an accident. You are not a, a product of chance. You are not a product of evolutionary, uh, evolutionary process. No, friend, listen, he made you, intricately made you. He made you like nobody else. There's only one of you. He made you. You're specially designed and, and, and every one of us are very unique. I mean, he is so creative. Amen. Created all things. In him was life and the life was the light of men. In other words, he, he's saying this early on. Here is how you have eternal life. You trust Jesus as your savior. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. And, and so then John the Baptist comes on the scene to, to say, I'm not the light, but to point to him as the light. And without Jesus Christ tonight, you're in the darkness in spiritual darkness. But he's the light that lighteneth every man. What does that mean? You know what that means? That just means this. Salvation is available to every man through Jesus Christ. It does not mean that every man automatically is saved. It doesn't mean that, that men basically are good and just need a little bit of reformation. No, listen, friend, here's what the truth of the Bible says. It says that we're all sinners and we come short of the glory of God. We, we've all broken God's commandments. You've broken God's commandments. I've broken God's commandments. I'm not proud of that, but listen, that's why we needed a savior. And that's why it came. That's why the word was made flesh that you might be saved. You see, someday, friend, you'll stand before God. Someday you'll stand before him and you'll either stand before him in your own righteousness or you can stand in, a, in, in righteousness, which is not your own, but given to you by God. Which would you prefer? I don't want to stand before him in my self-righteousness. My, self, my righteousness, the Bible says, are filthy rags. What a wonderful truth that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. And so here it says that, that he bore witness to the light, John did, and he was, that was the true light that lighteneth every man that cometh into the world. Look at verse number 10 again, if you would, please. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came into his own and his own received him not. How sad that even his own people didn't receive and he still to this day largely do not receive their Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. But I challenge you here tonight, if, if this is maybe your first time to hear a gospel presentation, I challenge you to get into God's word and to read. Begin reading the Bible and, and, and just begin to read and, and you'll see in the Old Testament, everything is pointing to the fact that a Messiah would come, the Messiah would come and he's coming, he's coming and then all the pages of scripture is pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ and that's why John on this day is saying, he's the one. The Lamb of God, which came to take away the sin of the world. And, and he's pointing to him as the fulfillment of the Messiah. And you'll begin to read and then you read right on into the, into the Gospels and into the New Testament. Then you're going to see from beginning to end that Jesus Christ is indeed the Messiah. And he's, your, he's the one that came to save you. He came to his own and his own received him not. Oh, but how about verse 12? But as many as received him. What, what do I have to do to be saved then, preacher? I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've broken God's commandments. I know that I've fallen. I know that I've failed. What do I need to do to be saved? Receive him. 
Trust him as your savior. Trust what he did. As many as received him, the Bible says, to them gave he power, the authority, the, the right, the ability to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, which, which were born not of blood. In other words, he's saying this, listen, you don't get to become a Christian just because you're born into a Christian family. You must personally trust Christ as your savior. Not by the will of man. It's not what you do to save yourself, but rather when you trust him, he saves you. It says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Oh, I love that part choir. Uh, we have seen his glory. That was powerful. The way that built, uh, I almost wanted to do the whole cantata over again tonight. Didn't you? That's, I was, anyways, I was close to doing that. That was so awesome. We've seen his glory, the, beheld his glory, rather the glory of the only begotten of the, of the father. Hey, hey, wait a minute. You know what John's talking about right there? He's talking about how that when he and Peter and James and, and uh, he being John, they were able to go to the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus for, for a moment in time set aside his earthly tabernacle, the flesh. In other words, he, he was more brilliant, more bright than the sun was glowing. And he spoke with Moses and Elijah and, and Peter said something. It is good for us to be here. Peter's pretty well known in the Bible for saying the right thing at the right time, right? It's good for, he was overwhelmed. You know what he's overwhelmed by? His glory. This was no mere man. This, this was not just a man. They saw, they saw him transfigured. They saw him in his glory. Hey, listen, they didn't go to their graves believing and following just a mere mortal man. They didn't believe someone that was still in the grave. They believed someone that had risen from the dead and they saw him and he, they saw him ascend to heaven. Listen, they believe the one that right now at this very moment is seated at the right hand of the father on the, on the throne, at the throne room on high. That's our savior. I, I walked in here tonight earlier before the service and, and just kind of taking in the choir practice. And so I kind of got to hear the, uh, the cantata twice and, and man, I'm ready to hear it, you know, a third time. But, but I, I thought about it this way, friend. I thought about this way that, that at this hour, the Lord Jesus Christ is being praised. And, and what we heard was so magnificent and, and, and filled with just, just majesty. It was, I was speechless basically, but, but can you imagine what it's like when we don't have to deal with this sinful flesh and a wandering mind, but we can give him pure and unending praise? It's Dolores Austin's here tonight. Sure glad about that. Her husband, Bill, just went home to be with the Lord about a week ago, a little bit over a week ago now. I said, Miss Dolores, he's enjoying the Lord's presence tonight, just like we are, but I think he's He's got a better seat. He's in a better position. Hey, listen. This is not made up. This is not myth or legend. This is about God who was made flesh and dwelt among us. And they beheld his glory and they saw him crucified. They saw him buried. They fled. There's so much evidence that points to the fact of the resurrection. They saw him after he was risen. They saw him for the period of 40 days. You can't fabricate that. It's reality. 
There may be someone here that's skeptical. There may be someone here that says this is just all make-believe. This is just, this is just something that is man-made to try to control people. Listen, friend, he's real. And if you'll trust him tonight, you'll see even for your very self that, that he's real and he's wanting to work in your life. And he brought you here. You're not here by accident. And John says, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bare witness of him and said, he's before, preferred before me and, and of the, his fullness have we all received. In other words, he's, he's given testimony to this. He's all that you need. And, and then he says this, and grace for grace. There's some question about what does that mean? It, it's almost like this. You ever been to the ocean? And you see the waves just keep coming in. They just keep coming in. It's like there's wave of grace upon grace upon grace upon grace to the point where you have to say, I'm overwhelmed by his grace. Grace for grace. I met with some families this week whose loved ones going through a real difficult time. But you know what I heard them express basically? Because our faith and trust is in the Lord, the one who became flesh, by the way, the fact that he became flesh and dwelt among us means that he's acquainted with the feelings of our infirmities and he knows firsthand what you're going through. I've seen them respond to God's grace in their life and here's what they're getting, another wave of grace and then another wave of grace. Grace for grace, John talked about. No man has seen God at any time, but the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. In other words, He's manifested who God is. He's made clear and plain who God is. Let me ask you tonight. Have you personally come to a time where you understood that your sin has consequences? The wages of sin is death. Have you acknowledged that you are a sinner and that you will stand before God? Have you personally trusted Him as your Savior? I was eight years old and I heard our teacher talk about heaven and talk about hell. The Bible makes plain that there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. And even as an eight-year-old, I hadn't committed major sin and crime most of my sin was against my brother. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter how old you are or what kind of sin you've committed. The fact is, is that the fact that we're all sinners disqualifies us all from being in the presence of the holy, righteous God. To be in God's presence, I had to be born again. And I'm thankful that day that I raised my hand and said, you know, if I die today, I don't know for sure. I raised my hand as the question was asked. But right there in my chair, actually, I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me. Have you had a time like that in your life? Do you know for sure? If you died today that you'd go to heaven, that your sins are forgiven? We've had this cantata to praise the Lord, but we've also had this cantata to get the message of the gospel to you. That you might know that He became flesh for you, so that he could die on the cross for you, buried for you, risen again for you, and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Let's stand together here tonight with every head bowed and eyes closed. I appreciate the opportunity to try to share the gospel with you here tonight. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We're not just talking about a religion here. We're talking about a relationship with your Creator, the one who came also to be your Redeemer. Tonight, I'd like to ask just a couple questions. How many of you tonight could say, you know, I know for sure. That just like you described in your life, there's a time when I heard the gospel and I understood I was a sinner. There was absolutely nothing I could do to save myself. And I trusted Jesus as my Savior. Could you raise your hand to that if that's you tonight? Yes, I know for sure that I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Praise the Lord. Thank you. You may put your hand down. I wonder tonight if there's anyone here that would say, I, I don't know that for sure, but I am concerned about it. Would you raise your hand tonight? I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I do, we are concerned about you. We have prayed that, that somebody might come tonight that would hear the gospel and, and be able to understand that they need to be saved. Is anyone like that? Would you just raise your hand while I, I'm looking up in the balcony and around and here on the ground floor as well? Is there anyone here tonight that says... Preacher, pray for me. I don't have that assurance. But since the Bible says that I can have it, I'd like to. Is there anyone like that as I look around here tonight? Is there anyone? I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And, and tonight, if you need salvation, it may be I've overlooked the fact that you raised your hand. Uh, I want to invite you to come. Just make your way down the aisle and ask someone to talk to you. We have men and ladies that will take a Bible and show you from the Word of God how to be saved, how to be born into God's family. Jesus said to Nicodemus, except you be born again, you shall not see the kingdom of God. And so you need to be saved tonight. If you are saved, let me ask you this. Are you living for him? He came to live among us, died for you, died for us. Are you living for him? I pray tonight that God would use this to say to you that you ought to put him first in your life. He ought to be receiving the glory out of your life tonight. So Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear God, for this evening. It's been such a blessing. But Lord, tonight, I would imagine there's some spiritual work that needs to be done here. A response, a humbling, a submission of our hearts before you. I pray for anyone here tonight that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I pray tonight that they might come and receive him by faith, to receive the free gift of salvation to turn to you, dear God, to turn away from their unbelief and to trust you and you alone. Dear God, help them not to trust in good works, help them not to trust in their heritage or who they were born to, but God, that they would trust you and you alone. And tonight I pray for believers that maybe have not been putting you first. I pray that God, they would put you first and that you would receive the glory that you deserve from their life as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we begin to sing tonight, God has spoke to your heart. Won't you come on this very first verse as we sing?